Hi everyone, my name is Vanessa Valiuko and welcome to Personal Pans, conversations about belief, transformation, and all the weird things that we experience. Tonight's guest is Maitland Kelly, uh, astrologer extraordinaire, uh, WUFO enthusiast. Um, they sat down with me and had a really wonderful conversation about the power of astrology and, and inclusiveness in astrology and the importance of having diverse voices and perspectives in developing um, new ways of looking at astrology and gathering more data and and also how how collecting more information is only a benefit to all of us um, if you are uh, watching this, listening to this, the night that it drops. Just a reminder that um, Wednesday nights are WUFO nights um, between Liminal Earth and Maidlin's um, uh, side quests. Uh, we just encourage you to go look up at the skies and uh, see if you, you see any UFOs. Um, this was an incredible conversation with Maitlin. I'm so grateful they took the time to talk with me about astrology, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation as well. I, I have to tell you, your astrology reading for me absolutely changed my life, and <gasps> some and the directions that I started going in. And part of the reason why I started this podcast, I think, a big reason why I started this podcast, like, and followed through with it, and followed through when I did, because. When you, I mean, you said specifically, like, oh, personal pans, do more of that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, I mean, uh, Pan Paracon, I was like, ah, uh, great, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to all the people I think are doing cool things. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's so good to see you doing this. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, it's been so awesome because I get to talk to, I get to talk to really cool people, like, like people that I've known online or known through other circles. And then they, they agree to coming on and I get to talk to them and about cool things and weird things and it's yeah always a delight yeah mm -hmm. yeah so for people who don't know I feel like you recently posted about this on Twitter how long have you been in studying astrology uh, I started in 2010 um and I started getting like really serious about it some years after that the first few years were pretty like casual study like what is the moon sign what's all this stuff of anyway mm -hmm. and then around like 2016 2017 I started getting much more serious about it and like studying under astrologers with different classes and like as much as I could find and then after that I was like I think this could be a career because I was in food service for a really, really long time before that, but my body was just giving out and <laughs> just couldn't really do it anymore. Yes. Yes. So I had to do something else. Um, and I had already been studying astrology for a long time. So in the beginning of 2019, I decided to see what would happen. And then this happened <laughs> and then it went well. So yeah that's good <laughs> that's amazing yes yeah I'm it. really grateful that I took that leap of faith um because I thoroughly enjoyed cooking but it it seemed like it was just going to be like a dead-end career and then the pandemic happened and it's definitely not a place you <laughs> I want to be right now so of course yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah I used to do um art fairs around the country selling my jewelry and it's all out, I mean, some mostly outside, but it was a lot of it's some indoor shows too. But again, with the pandemic, I was so glad I got out of that because 
I can't imagine the people who are trying to maintain some kind of livelihood while also trying to keep themselves healthy and alive, you know, like it's kind of terrifying right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. I'm, I'm definitely much happier as a self-employed person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also you get to see the fruit of your work, right? It's your work and your passion and it, it pours through. I mean, again, I, I don't want to turn this podcast into an advertisement for your services. I can though, um, because <laughs> the, the video and the passion that you have when you're talking about all of this, it's clear that you know a lot and you also love it. it that, that comes through. I, I had years ago, um, uh, an astrology reading with a different astrologer who um, she was more into past life astrology and had some things to say, but just didn't have the same kind of, I guess, nerd brain for the process and the, <laughs> and the mm-hmm. movement around that. Like, that's the thing that I get really into, like the, the essentially the science mm-hmm. behind it, right? Or the, yeah. the math behind it. Like that, I think is really beautiful and, and a really interesting thing that you bring to the table um, for astrology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm really passionate about like sharing my knowledge and not just like, look how much I know. (laughs) Like, I really want to teach people to like go learn on their own because the sky is for everyone. So, I mean, that's just really important to me. So, I just want to like direct people to where they can learn more and, you know, see where it's coming from instead of like just taking my word for it. Cause I'm just one person in an infinitely vast field. Like, I don't matter all that much, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Well, and I think that's a, that I think is a cool kind of approach to it too, because I do see a lot of people in, um, in various kind of metaphysical or occult or paranormal services that kind of think like they're the arbiter, right? I'm the one who has the knowledge. (laughs) You have to talk to me or else you're not going to get anything of value. And again, there's so many people who are contributing different voices to the field and you shouldn't be threatened by that like more people involved in something means that we're going to have a greater knowledge of everything as opposed to yeah yeah. that's definitely the case with astrology too because you know like no one has the like exact same chart really I mean like even identical twins are going to have like slight little differences and then like completely different lives and each of those completely different lives has a wealth of knowledge and experience and understanding and wisdom to share and help to like inform your practice and you can learn from every single person on the planet like there is not one chart that can give you like more teaching or wisdom than any other like Mm -hmm. everyone is equal in that kind of way right yeah so well and and again I love that I thought that's kind of the the impetus for this podcast too was just talking about and being open about like okay we know some things there are other things we don't know and we shouldn't look at things that we don't know as um as a bad thing right or or if somebody has knowledge that's different than ours that that they're somehow wrong it's Mm -hmm. let's come together let's explore what these questions are rather than I have these hard and fast answers you have to listen to me buy my book I'm the only one who knows what anything is about like go to the library read all the books you can (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, and it, it's wild too because I, I feel like I mention this every other podcast. My mom is evangelical, but loves astrology, loves <laughs> it. 
<laughs> that's cool. how yeah right like that's how I knew my planets in my chart I didn't necessarily know what all wow. of them meant but huh. yeah like I know both my mom and my aunt evangelical very into astrology that's so interesting I feel like with a lot of Christian people it can go one way or the other it can be like oh no that's the devil's work but then it could also be like the people who are like oh well it's the astrologers who found Jesus so it's great and like, what? I never know what I'm going to get. <laughs> of course. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I know. I, I find it wild because it, any other thing that I'm into, especially tarot, my, my mom gets a little freaked out by it. And, and the idea of I'm summoning spirits or summoning demons or something like that. And, mm -hmm. but astrology is totally cool. Like that, that, that she knows it. She wants everybody else to know it. She will ask me what somebody's chart is. If I have a new That's person so in my life. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so the stars and the planets to me are very important and have been since I was a kid, you know, yeah. like this idea Aww. that there is this secret knowledge out there, but we all have access to it. Right. And it can help inform us and how we talk to other people. You know, I'm going to talk to an Aries a lot differently than I'm going to talk to a Pisces. That's, <laughs> you want to know more about their chart, but there are certain like personalities that come out yeah. and you're just like, oh, okay. I'm sensing water in you. And then you find out later. Oh yeah. Her moon's in Pisces. Okay. Like yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what started your journey into astrology? You said, I mean, what, like 12 years ago, I think at this point. Um, yeah, so I was never interested in it um, before because I was always into astronomy and I would just spend like all my Fridays at an astronomy club and mm -hmm. no one there was into astrology at all. They would like make fun of it. I mean, they weren't like really hostile towards it. It was more like if someone said, oh, can you like read my chart? They're like, no, 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 astronomy, not astrology. And they'd get a little cranky about that. Of course. <laughs> but like that was pretty much my only, you know experience with it but then when I met my birth mother I learned what time I was born and one of my buddies was really interested in astrology at the time so he's like oh my god oh my god I gotta do your chart I gotta do your chart so I was like okay whatever that means <laughs> so he just was like bludgeoning me with all of these facts about my chart for just like weeks and I was like oh, there's more to this than I thought because I thought it was just like newspaper horoscopes. And what, is, what does that mean? Like nothing interesting to me. So I was like, yes. there's a lot of moving parts here and I don't understand any of this. I bet, I guess I better just learn about it. And yeah. I, it was kind of from the perspective of like, let me disprove this, but then it just worked too well. <laughs> but um, yes. There's a lot of astrologers who have similar stories where they come to it as a skeptic to try to disprove it. And they're like, oh, actually, <laughs> there's something to this. That's so wild. I, yeah. I do love that, though, because, I mean, that's a proper scientific method, right? You are revising mm -hmm. your thoughts about something based off of evidence, evidence that you are collecting, even if you're collecting yeah. it to debunk it. Once you have an, a preponderance mm -hmm. of evidence, it's just like, oh, I got to change what I think about this because there's mm -hmm. too much here, right? And especially yeah. if you are the type to look at all the moving parts, it's mm -hmm. not just the daily horoscope. It's right. all these cool things that are working together. And the more you know, the more you can develop kind of a, a holistic picture of a situation mm -hmm. of a person. Yeah, and I would say that still informs my practice a lot today because even though now my 
life is even weirder because now I'm doing the astrology of weird stuff if that wasn't strange enough on its own (laughs) but like I'm not out to like disprove people's experiences I'm just like I don't know let's look at the data because like I don't I hadn't really come across many people looking at the astrology of weird stuff like UFO sightings or anything. I mean, there is a bunch of charts on astro.com, but like I've never seen any like books written about the astrology of the paranormal or anything. And I was under the impression that, okay, like if astrology can show us everything that's going on in someone's life, if someone experiences some weird stuff that should show up, right? Right. I don't know. Let's find out. So that's just what I've been doing the past three years is seeing how this plays out. So like it's difficult to go into this with any like preconceived notions of how it how like a ghost sighting should or can show up you just kind of got to talk to a bunch of people who have seen ghosts and see what's going on in their chart and then eventually learn some patterns and stuff because like there's no book on this I kind of have to just figure it out as I go but that's so much fun it's it's really exciting to do of course yeah well and that too because I saw when you tweeted asking people about their first paranormal experience and and Mm -hmm. looking at that like again I love this idea of just of exploring new things right that that Mm -hmm. that that weird events also have an astrological chart, right? It's not just a birth time. It's any time you can look at events or even I'm going to forget the name of the term, but like asking a question, you know, or if you're like looking for a lost object and kind of doing the chart for that and being able to find things that way, like that to me is so wild. And to watch people do that work is really mm -hmm. cool. There's so Mm -hmm. much more there than I think a lot of people realize. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because most of us would just think that the entirety of astrology is just newspaper horoscopes and just sun in Pisces or Aries or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's way more complicated than that. It is like endlessly complicated. It's kind of fractally in that way where you can just like keep going and then somehow it starts circling back on itself bonkers lots of fun it's it's wild it can get real trippy real fast (laughs) oh my gosh of course well and that it's like I again from from your your reading for me just that you care about information right you care about Mm -hmm. data and I think that like data-driven processes as a former researcher and now actually I just got a call today in my current job I'm going to be doing way more research which sings to me, you know, (laughs) like give me data. I want to collect data. I want to collate data. I want to find connections between data. And I love this as a, as a way of doing astrology too. Like, okay, let's, let's try to figure out like charts for this or events that are happening in people's lives. Like where are your planets falling and where are they in different houses? Houses are something I, I feel like I don't know anything about. I need to like read a book about to like finally get that into my head <laughs> because like, I know these things mean certain things. I don't know what happens when planets fall in them. Um, but just all of that, like it's a, it's um it's cool. It's just cool to have all this information, all this data, I think. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really fun to collect and explore. Um, and also like for me personally, seeing my weird experiences reflected in my chart from what I have learned has been like validating and reassuring and like soothing in a way. I mean, it's just really comforting to see yourself like reflected and validated in the universe and you're not just like some sort of weird aberration that came from nowhere 
you know? Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. Like that purpose to it. Cause when I had Alicia on the podcast, who also had a reading with you, we both got that, like we were born at the most liminal time possible. And yeah. to see that visualization of it too, of the sun just l- literally hanging out midway on the horizon. Yeah. That just gives you that cosmic sense of, oh, no wonder I've been into weird stuff literally my entire life and that I'm drawn to it and it speaks to me and, and there is a comfort there, you know, in these liminal yeah. spaces. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, again, like you said, very affirming uh, and very exciting to know that I, well, I'm not just some weird thing that got dumped out into this universe. Like there is, mm-hmm. that things are lining up in this really beautiful way. Yeah, we're all very intentional manifestations of, you know, that sort of like cosmic time frame of alignments of planets and just kind of like the universe experiencing itself. And it's just really cool to to see, you know, your your cosmic heritage reflected in that way, because, I mean, we all are literally star stuff and whatnot. So, you know, like all of the um the elements from supernova explosions and whatnot so like i feel like astrology can be very helpful for helping to remind people that we are more than just you know sacks of meat and bones and stuff we we come from the cosmos and the earth and it's just like beautiful to see that reflected in so many different ways so yeah absolutely yes i love that yes because it is that like Again, um, because I love that you also have an astronomy background because so much of that seems to be at odds and we can reconcile both of those things. The, the, the truth, like the science of, no, we really are, it's, it's exploded stars and that all that matter coalesced and here we are now, part of this billion year heritage and, and, and that's all come together with us. Like, I, and again, to look at positions of stars and planets and, and mm-hmm. see how that has an effect on us. Because of course, if we're made of star stuff, why wouldn't all of these things have an effect on our lives? Like we're the components are a part of us. Yeah. Um, it, well, where was I going with this? I had a thought and then I forgot it. Well, there's also this whole idea in astrology where it's not necessarily that they are, that the, the stars and planets are like causing things, but they definitely seem to correlate. Mm. And there's kind of an interesting discrepancy between how astrologers define themselves and how non-astrologers define astrology, because then Mm-hmm. The world thinks that the definition of astrology is what all of these other people are saying who have never studied astrology before. And then, bam, you have just complete widespread misinformation everywhere that's accepted as fact. Yes. <laughs> so oh. that's a thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I think that and that that's a really good point, too, because I, I think there is that. I feel like I've had fights with people about this where it's like, well, it's all just in the stars and in the planets and there's no room for free will within any of that. And, and like that idea of, of this popular conception of what astrology is, right. Or what it means. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a really point to say, like, again, scientific sensibility, correlation does not equal causation. It's interesting Mm -hmm. to see all of this data lining up. What does it mean? I don't know. Let's figure it out. Like that is a much more, um, playful, exciting, curious way of, of approaching the world rather than just saying like, well, this happened. So this means this, and this is going to be this really like, like, don't we want to open things up a little bit? It could be way more interesting. There could be some other thing that's affecting yeah. both of these. 
but you have to be open to that or you're just not going mm -hmm. to get the real picture of things. Yeah, I remember the thought that I forgot and it's yeah. the fact that astrology and astronomy came from the same place. Yes, exactly. They, they were united and I think they can be in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So there's yeah. that. And that's why I think that they're really important for each other. I mean, astronomy is, you know, the science part of it, whereas astrology is the other side of the coin where it's much more about like the philosophical descriptions of what's going on, as opposed to like the scientific like distinctions of like what is objectively real and whatnot. Astrology yeah. is other side of the coin, Yes, but they right. can help each other and did for a long time. Right. <laughs> so. exactly. I, exactly. If you look at so many, not just even ancient societies, but even like up kind of middle ages, like we have this sensibility of uh, again, a more holistic sense of what the stars mean, right? What the positions mean. And these two hmm. complementary disciplines uh, that, as you mentioned, were united. And then at some point people are like, this one's, gar this one's real, this one's garbage. And it's like, why? Like, why? We're, we're looking at the same skies. Mm -hmm. Why have we decided that this one just doesn't mean anything anymore? We've again, just compartmentalized their purposes into completely different areas and have pretended that they are completely separate from each other but they're not exactly i mean like our everyday mundane existence is just so powerfully shaped by astrology slash astronomy to the point where no one gives it a second thought like the days of the week come from the planets and that's not an accident right our calendar is based off of the sun and the moon and that's not an accident at all right. <laughs> so and like these archetypes manifest in our life like everywhere and it's just so like you know hidden in plain sight sort of thing yes. so to when people just make sweeping statements of astrology is not real it's like your whole life is completely based off of it whether you know it or not I mean like the calendar isn't exactly real either we made this up like we literally made all of this up and that doesn't mean it's worthless exactly <laughs> so. exactly I oh thank you thank you I love this I feel like I ranted about this on another episode but this book I read in college called the devil and commodity fetishism and just this idea that, you know, we, like people believe in this, the market, right? And market forces as mm -hmm. this kind of force outside of themselves, right? And the stock market and, yeah. and developing these theories about like how the market moves and, and like, no, 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 folks, take a step back. We created this thing, right? Exactly. This idea that this, essentially this egregore that we created is somehow mm -hmm. separate from us and a thing that we have to mm -hmm. attempt to figure out again, mm -hmm. misses the point. Like, like you talked about compartmentalization, like so much of who we are gets put in these little boxes. It's like, no friends, we're part of this. Like, and mm -hmm. it's a part of us. You can't just say it exists outside of that. And I, yeah. I, I love that. That's such a good point. Like the days are named after the plan, like all the division, right? Like the week, the, yeah. the planets inform so much of who we are. You can't mm -hmm. just act like, okay, well, that's fine. And that's accepted. But the rest of this is all is all made up. Like, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, denying parts of our humanity is not generally a good thing. It doesn't really lead to any sort of healing or revolution or, or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. good, so. Yeah, 
Yeah, good point. I mean, that's such a good point. Again, it, it's such a, that's why I just love talking to a, a different people about weird stuff because to me, it's a nice way of engaging in that play and in that sensibility of, hey, we don't know, we're figuring it out. And, and even, you know, again, even the language that we use to describe things, we invented that. We put mm-hmm. meanings on all of these different sounds and decided mm-hmm. what that means. It's a way that we communicate with each other. You don't have to accept it as, well, this is the, mm-hmm. this like pure, pure fact, right? Whatever, this, or a given. Question, question why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a better way of operating just because something has been a certain way for however many years. Do you still want to keep doing that? Or do you want to explore and play and move around and kind of look at different angles of things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because this all came from us, I mean, like even our understanding of things astronomically is still coming through a very human consciousness filter, yes. which is never objective. Um, but also like what I was trying to say is that because this all originates from within us, we have a tremendous amount of agency, you know, the power that we had to create this, we still have to work with it however we want. And just like running away from it and saying this part of our human experience of the world is not real. I'm just going to hide under the bed and pretend it doesn't exist. That's that's not engaging consciously with your reality and with, you know, subjects to explore. I don't know. I'm just curious about everything. So I just like, I just need to know there's information. Tell me the information. Yes. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, again, that's, that's my sensibility. And it has been since I was a kid, I, I have always looked at data and tried to put together data and, and sew it together and try to make sense of things. Right. And like, okay, well, I thought this meant this, but this new data came in. So now I have to incorporate this. This could mean this whole other different thing. And then again, mm-hmm. you know, starting in my twenties, having this the greater sensibility of what you just mentioned, this idea of like us as, as like the universe kind of experiencing itself, right? That the, mm-hmm. the subjective experience is maybe more of the point, right? And the data can just get us to that greater understanding of this subjective experience doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean anything on its own, but, but that allows for more play and excitement and curiosity. And yeah, mm-hmm. don't you want to just like know more cool things? Like I, I, I feel really bad for people who kind of shut themselves off from mm-hmm. all these different aspects. Cause there might be something there that's of value to you that, you, but if you just reject it all wholesale, you're never going to have, you're never going to know that. How sad. Yeah. Yeah. intentionally closing yourself off to knowledge is not exactly scientific but okay <laughs> what do i know <laughs> that's such a good point exactly exactly like i that's that's something that's always bothered me and 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 like i again something that changed my life right was my research methodology course for sociology as part of my senior year, right? And mm-hmm. the statistics professor, he was the best. He just said like, we never know anything. You only fail to disprove or you disprove. That's it, you never prove anything. Yeah. And that is such a Pretty good much. model. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. like proper scientific method. You can't just say like, well, we found this data and this is this. It's like, 
Those are the best working theories we have right now. There will be new data. That's just how it works, right? As there are new people figuring out new ways to measure things, again, that will change. I love the fact that you mentioned that, that like there's no objective reality. Like that's this illusion. Like even the decision to measure certain data, to use a measure is, is a subjective choice. You're missing out on all that yes. other kind of stuff. Yes. So as you get new people into fields, they will be thinking of new ways of looking at the data and how mm -hmm. to collect it. You're going to get a different idea of what is going on, right? Mm -hmm. Be open to that. You can't just yep. say, well, this is how it is. And this, this other stuff doesn't exist. It's like, okay, like you said, where's your scientific method here? Like you've already yeah. shut yourself off. Don't turn science into like a dogma. It's sad. It seems to come from a very like knee-jerk emotional place though. Like it's clearly coming from a very emotional place. Um, so that's beyond my pay grade to really give any sort of like thoughts on that. But yes. that's just what I've noticed about it. Because I mean, I guess that's kind of the same for coming from my experience too in in the beginning before I like knew anything about it. It's just like, I don't know, the people around me said it wasn't real. So I just filed it away as not real and don't don't think any further of it. And if someone says it's real, it's like, no, no, yes. <laughs> my dad's smarter than your dad. He says it's not real. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> so it does take a little bit of humility to be to face something that you don't want anything to do with to set your feelings aside to like learn something about it and not everyone is willing to do that that's true yes what are you gonna do I, you can't you, you get to it when when you're ready and if you're not ready you're not ready you can't force it that's why i don't try to like yeah. convince people of astrology because right. like it's not a dogma. It's not a religion or a spirituality or anything remotely close to that at all. It's just like a, a fancy way of telling time, basically. Yes. So like, it's, it's not like if you know about astrology, you're going to be saved or have a better life or anything like that. It's just like another framework for, you know, participating in life if you want. It doesn't really matter if you never get into it at all. Yeah. So that's why I like don't care to try to like convince people of it because like, you don't have to be interested in astrology. Like it's not a mandatory thing. You don't need it to like breathe or, or yeah, anything right. like that. So that's another reason I get a little annoyed when people get like super emotional about saying that it's like not real or whatever. Cause like this discourse doesn't matter. Like it really, I don't think it matters at all. Yes. I think I it's just a waste of time, honestly. I mean, like the time that you spend saying it is or is not really, you could be spending collecting data <laughs> instead of just being loud about it. I don't know, but sometimes people just want to be loud and they don't want the data. They just really want to be, they want to fully embody their feelings about whatever it is. And you know, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Like, who am I to say that's good or not? I don't care. <laughs> you have the best sensibility about this. This is amazing. <laughs> because, because to your point, there's so many people, like you said, they get so mad about the fact that it's not science and, and, and that argument that like, 
well, you're just, it's, it's something you want, right. Or that you care about. And it's like, you're really up in your feelings, trying to argue that other people are being emotional about their attachment to astrology Mm -hmm. that like, maybe, maybe interrogate why you're doing that, right. Why you have this emotional attachment. And again, why you're so you're having such a problem with accepting the idea that you might not know something because Mm -hmm. to your other comment about like people come to things when they're ready. I grew up, I was very much a perfectionist, had a very crazy home life. So I felt like I had to be perfect about everything. And Mm -hmm. one of the best things that happened as part of like therapy and all sorts of trauma recovery was being able to step back and say, I don't know what this is. I don't know. Tell me what you know, right? That Mm -hmm. I don't have to know everything. It's, it's powerful to not know things. And then to say like, where should I look for more information about this? Like to Mm -hmm. be open to that, that changed my life. Like, I don't know what this is. Tell me what this thing is. And, and to be able to say like, oh, maybe this thing I believed isn't necessarily correct because there's like you said other data out there that I hadn't looked at or didn't even know to look for Mm -hmm. that's way more exciting to me again like if I've had some preconceived notion and somebody's like oh actually take a look at this like oh great I have a new book to read and new knowledge to gain and something to better understand rather than being like up in my feelings and feeling ashamed that I don't know everything or I'm not perfect about everything like you're a human being. Again, we're meat sacks. We might be made of star stuff, but we're meat sacks, like walking around this rock, you know, you're not going to know everything. That's okay. We'll explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely something to be learned if you can kind of like dig into that emotional reaction of people really hating astrology to see like where exactly that's coming from. Because I have seen before that other people hate it because like on, on they've had an experience on a dating site where someone was like, oh, you're a Gemini, I'm a Scorpio, that means we're not going to get along. So I'm just like not even going to try to have any sort of interaction with you, things like that. And like, if that is your experience of astrology, your negative feelings for it are completely valid. Like that is, that's completely valid. Um, So like, it's definitely very helpful for astrologers to be uh, emotionally present when faced with opposition, because there's they like they are describing something like real and important they just may not have the right words for it because like if you don't know anything about astrology and someone says to you oh you have this configuration therefore you're rude or whatever if you've never studied astrology the only language you're going to have to describe that experience of it is going to be like somewhere along the lines of this is bullshit (laughs) so astrologers need to also like be aware of that too because you know while there's misinformation about what astrology is there's also misinformation about you know astrology coming from people who have read a book and a half and now suddenly they know everything but that's yeah it's not the best (laughs) problems happen there too yeah so it's, it's complicated. It's very complicated on both sides of it. Yes, absolutely. And I, and again, I think that's a really beautiful point. This idea of, you know, being emotionally present and kind of meeting people where they are, because Mm -hmm. if someone has had a bad experience with somebody who believes in astrology and hasn't had other conversations, 
they are probably apt to believe that people who believe in astrology talk the same way, think the same things and, mm -hmm. and have the same knowledge and are, are kind of interacting with people that way. So of course you're going to say like, Oh, I don't know if I, I feel, I don't feel good about this. And, mm -hmm. and to be open and present and willing to engage with somebody in a, you know, emotionally present, but also a certain amount of like a healthy kind of detachment. Like, I'm not going to take this personally, but I'm going to totally. meet you where you are, you know, mm -hmm. because I mean, it, it's so wild. Like the, the episode that I just edited with Jason, like he's an Aquarius and he has a moon in Scorpio. And the, one of the first things we bonded over was the fact that like Aquarians with moons in Scorpio, like that's a very specific thing. And he even mm -hmm. sent me like a link for like the two things together. It was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, this makes sense. All the other Aquarius, it's like a good, like 75% of stuff I see about just like just Aquarius sun. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not me. Cause I have this yeah. deep emotional life that I can't escape. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Cause I mean, like if someone has like their sun, moon rising and a few other planets all in Aquarius, maybe that's the case. But if you only have your sun there and everything else is in a completely different sign, you're going to have a way more nuanced experience of that Aquarian energy. That's it. Right. So. Right. And that's like you said, it's data, data collection, like an understanding that there's more nuance there. It's not mm -hmm. just like you said, the newspaper horoscope or even, I mean, whatever kind of random article you see online that's trying to like mm -hmm. farm clicks because astrology is getting a little more mainstream. I, I don't mm -hmm. want to say now, I want to say again, because like, I want to, I don't know, it's probably buried in there, but there's like the book I got from my aunt, what, like 20 years ago, that purple book, the only astrology book you'll ever need, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was my entry point, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's like, I don't know, the past 40, 50, you know, 40, 50 years, it's been there. There's been this kind of awareness of it and people exploring, but, um, mm -hmm. but it's gotten a little more in the public discourse, which I like, but can yeah. lead to Lead to some yeah, it is certainly an exciting time for astrology. It, it really is. Like yeah. also with uh, old texts being translated and whatnot too, because like a lot of the techniques that I use were just like a lot of things were very recently translated in like the what was it the nineties with Project Hindsight, where just like a whole bunch of texts that had never been translated before suddenly were. So oh yeah, there's That's so much amazing. going on. Cool. There's so much going on. I had no idea. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. What is, what, can, do you mind talking about Project Hindsight? Because I've never heard about this before. Uh, you gotta you gotta look into Chris Brennan. Um, he's the one that does the astrology podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, and also Austin Kopic. I think Nick Dagan Best was also involved, and several other people. I don't remember a lot of the details, but That's if fine. you if you look for them, they they've got all of the details. Well, and I like, I'm probably wrong on the dates of when it started. It was probably a little later. Like, I don't remember, honestly. And again, <laughs> that was something I would have had to look up. <laughs> of course. And again, that's totally fine. It's, I think the, the thing that I'm most excited about is that broader point of there's new knowledge, right? There are old things that we're, we're translating now. Like, it's not just mm -hmm. this idea, you know, I talked to Mortellus about this in terms of ritual practice too. We have to stop looking at things as like, you know, they're not, as they're not evolving, right? It's not just a stagnant mm -hmm. practice. If you, if you look at it as a living practice an evolving practice, yes. there's always going to be new data. Look yes. at the new data that's only going to help you. Like, and it yeah. should be exciting. Again, that curiosity, that exploration, yeah. like, 
Don't you want to know more about a thing that you like? Oh, totally. It, yeah. yeah, astrology has never been stagnant. I mean, astrologers have been bickering over things for <laughs> millennia, literally thousands and thousands of years, especially the whole like fate versus free will thing. Yes. There's been discourse on this for so many years and also just like techniques developing over time, like how systems changing. I mean, it is very much a living practice because it's been, you know, coming from you know, so many different people over so many different years. And yes. it's it's not a static thing at all. And then whenever we discover a new planet, then suddenly everything changes again. And we have to like yes. keep finding more data. Cause like when Uranus was discovered, we had gone thousands of years where Saturn was the limit. We couldn't yes. see anything beyond that. So that was just the limit. But then Uranus comes around and everyone's like, oh, well, what do we do now? <laughs> So that's just going to keep happening. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah. And I, and again, that's such a, that's, that's just cool to me. Like, okay, there's new data. How do we evolve? How do we work through our practice? Mm-hmm. And again, as different people are working on it, okay, what are these different subjective lenses? What can they bring to the table? What can we all bring to the table? You know, again, people, everybody is different. You're going to have a different way of looking at something. And you, you might have like somebody who's new to the field might have a new cool idea that could yeah. radically change everything. Like to me, that's very yeah. powerful. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more people involved, the more we get to learn. Yes. So. And, and again, like I said, it, it, this could be my obsessive sensibility, but every, when I like am into something, I want to know everything. I want to mm-hmm. read all the books. I want to find all the podcasts, like tell me everything because I don't want to just have some stagnant sensibility of something like I want, I want the data. I want to know where the changes are happening or if work is happening. And again, it hasn't been translated yet. It hasn't come in yet. Like, okay, well, what are the open projects, right? What have people been saying about this? That Mm -hmm. to me is way more exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I also tend to think that what we discover astronomically mirrors our capacity to what we can discover within ourselves and I think that has been the case this whole time and will continue to be oh my god I love this yes well and especially like if you're looking at it as as you know the universe kind of understanding or or us understanding ourselves like subjectively right this like greater Mm -hmm. kind of cosmic force and this awareness right and Mm -hmm. and like that openness when you're ready for it right? Like that's Mm -hmm. part of so many spiritual practices too. It's like, it'll, it'll find you when you're ready. Like, like Mm -hmm. you prepare yourself, but you ultimately can't force certain things. They will just appear. You can only just prepare yourself and be ready when it does appear, if it appears, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't think that these uh, like new discoveries with the science side of astronomy cause us to suddenly be able to you know, learn all of these new things within ourselves, but it does seem to correlate. And that's that whole cause versus correlation, fate versus free will thing again. So, I mean, that's them just being two sides of the same coin. So that's exactly it. Yeah. And, and again, that sensibility of, okay, the data is here. We don't know if one causes the other, but it's interesting that these things are happening concurrently. That's something to pay attention to, you know, this Mm -hmm. idea of, especially like with Bigfoot, like I didn't even realize that like a lot of Bigfoot sightings kind of correlated with UFO sightings or correlated with certain smells. It's like, this yeah. is interesting. Like 
Like the mm -hmm. fact that this is all happening at the same time, again, doesn't mean that one is causing the other, might mm -hmm. mean there's something else that's causing all three, or like these things all happen together for a particular reason. Let's explore, let's do the research, let's figure out why this is. We might learn something, right? Like, like yeah. that, that curiosity towards it. Yeah. Yeah. This all has a lot to do with my phenomenon presentation too. Yes, honestly. I know I'm so excited for it. <laughs> Me too. I'm like such a shy person, but for whatever reason, I'm like actually looking forward to a public speaking thing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> well, of course. It's like, again, to talk about the astrology of the weird, like that, like how exciting is that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what what people think of these ideas because I'm proposing kind of like a framework for engaging with the weird. <laughs> so good. That's amazing. That's good. I know this episode is going to come out after your presentation, so I'll probably okay. have to revisit you at some point and be like, "Okay, so you said this and this I was really excited about." I'll just slide into your DMs. You don't have to reply right away. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not offended. I know you're busy, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, so, so you have been studying the astrology of the weird. And of course, like your, your phenomenon presentation, we can leave that aside, but have there been any, any dates that you've looked at any specific events that have really gotten you excited in terms of how the planets have lined up with certain experiences on the ground? Hmm. Let me see. It's always fun to see what Mercury is up to because Mercury is kind of like that information processing planet. It takes, you know, data and information from one place to the next yes. back and forth. So it's all about communication and whatnot, information, writing and whatnot. So it's really interesting to see what that planet is up to and what other planets it's aspecting during weird times, like for, the Hellier charts, for example, like when Hellier season one and two were released, yes. Mercury was very closely aspecting like all three of the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Oh, so those planets are way out there. So Mercury, close to the sun, much more personal planet. Yes. But when you get way out there, it's not very personal. It's very just like, you know, generational out there kind of thing. Yes. So to see that, you know, Mercury, the communication planet was um very closely aspecting the planet of like shocking insights and magic confusion and like deceit and then also like total transformation it's just like whoa that's cool <laughs> of course it's just like it's just so so in there because you know mercury is not always aspecting these planets especially not all of them at once yes. <laughs> so that that was something because it also seems to describe the information coming from these like way out there weirdo planets and how that is personally experienced and dealt with and then communicated and shared with everybody else oh my god that's amazing and yeah, and again that's incredible and i i feel like again i feel like so many of the people i know in paranormal and occult circles right now i met because of hellier and so it's it's wild to see that because i feel like hellier and a lot of people kind of like opened up or unlocked this experience, right? Like a new way of kind of looking at the paranormal and experiencing the paranormal um, mm -hmm. and, and that approach. So that Mercury 
that like that messenger right like that communication like that that's blowing my mind right now like that's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah mercury is also the trickster so that just seems to be like fitting too <laughs> yeah so appropriate <laughs> that's mm -hmm. cool that's yeah amazing. and like that there's probably way more things that i just like don't see yet sure so I would like other people to look into this too. Like I can't be the only person looking into the astrology of weird stuff. That's of way too much. Right. <laughs> That's way too much. So like there's there's more just because I found that one thing doesn't mean that's the only thing. Of that's course. just one of the many things that's out there. Yes. So we need people with a completely different perspective instead of experiences to look at things too. And yeah. we can learn from them. And then we have more data and more understanding and more togetherness and then everything goes well. <laughs> that's how I feel exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, I know I already said this, but I do love that you are so open to other people exploring astrology right like that yeah. um i mean you even said in my chart like uh, you could look into being an astrologer and i was like oh i don't think anyone has ever said to me like oh you could be in this field that i'm in you know <laughs> like so yeah. there's so much gatekeeping and i think it's again it's refreshing and it's exciting to be like go explore i i love this thing yeah. your your planets indicate you might love this thing and be good at this thing too go explore mm -hmm. right again do some data collection that's really cool yeah yeah this is not a field to be gatekeeping in because it just sabotages everyone it sabotages the whole field yes i mean right. there's definitely problems with people who have you know only read a certain amount and then they go off and say that they're an authority and things like that but like in general more people participating and sharing their experience equals more knowledge and then more understanding for everyone because yeah. like I have like my particular niche, but there's there's so much room for your niche or or Joe's niche or whatever, like anyone. Cause yes. like we're all interested in our own like specific thing. Cause like maybe someone gets into the astrology of paranormal stuff, but they like to focus on uh finding times for when is a good time to have a seance or, or something like that or the astrology behind when are we having more technical difficulties with like our, our paranormal investigation equipment and things like that like there's so there's infinite different little places that you can go with it yes it all helps everyone else yes yeah well and again like that that's always been my sensibility about these things like like have more people involved because like, I, I do think there is a, a danger and I, I see it now because there's so much available and in, in easily accessible information online that mm -hmm. I think it's easy for, for a lot of people to just call themselves experts because they've read a couple books. So they've read mm -hmm. several internet articles and they know mm -hmm. things. And again, I think it's powerful to say that even if you are, like, again, I've been reading tarot professionally for several years. I'm always learning something new. I'm always mm -hmm. having a new experience with the cards that shapes mm -hmm. how I do readings. Mm -hmm. Certain cards mean certain things to me. So I know if they mm -hmm. come up at readings, this person needs this very specific message, you know, mm -hmm. and that that is not the traditional message. Again, this idea of a living practice, like mm -hmm. that's way cooler. Just like, okay, I don't know, right? Like, and because mm -hmm. I'm, even if I'm a professional, that doesn't mean I know everything. I'm willing to accept more information or that other people are gonna have different experiences 
it's mm-hmm. the same, you know, it's the same deck of cards for the most part, but like it, everybody yeah. has a different relationship with it. Every single reader exactly. has a different relationship with those cards. Yeah, like, it's, it's exactly yeah. the same. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, yes, you've pulled the high priestess thousands of times, but ev- not everyone is going to have the exact same experience of it. And their experience of what's going on in their life when that card comes up has the potential to like give you more information about how else that can manifest. Same thing with tarot and astrology. Same yes. Thing. Yes. Right. And again, that's so cool to just say like, okay, here's again, more data, more data is always better. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this. Let's learn new things. Let's explore. Let's even if like something comes up and you have to throw out everything you used to know, there's actually a, a lot of power in that too. Like, oh, cool. I've got another adventure to go on. I'm going to explore this new information and this new data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. much fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think Play is a very underrated, but very powerful way of learning. Yes, absolutely. I, one of my favorite books, I think it's on a different shelf. I always look here because most of my best books are here. Um, But it's uh, Homo Ludens by Johan Huizinga. And his, his thesis for that book is that play is the basis of human civilization. It's the basis of human groups. And, and you just, and looking at animals, how do animals learn how to be animals? They play when they're young. And, mm-hmm. and this idea of play as a way to survive difficult situations, how to learn how to be a human being. And it, we're, we're so alienated from that sense of play in so many aspects of our lives. And mm-hmm. it's a real shame because that is integral to who we are. Again, mm-hmm. not just as humans, but as living beings that place is suffused in so much of life in so many different species and situations to Mm -hmm. ignore that or to look at it as some like immature thing it's like no that is essentially like it's essential to life and and so if you look at it that way you can look at what's happening in the universe again this idea of mercury is a trickster right the universe is playing with us too so let's Mm -hmm. let's go exploring yeah, and play is also really helpful and has been for humans for thousands of years for conflict resolution. And I think this country would do well to remember that. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Oh my God. And that's such a good point, too, because again, clearly I'm obsessed academically with play as well. Uh-huh. there are so many studies about how again it's kind of we're so alienated we need studies to give us information of things that we have known for how you know millennia mm-hmm. but unstructured play is so beneficial to human development that again conflict resolution uh mm-hmm. empathy that just mm-hmm. being a functional human being it's mm-hmm. it's engaging in unstructured play it's so good for creativity again like Mm -hmm. again like interacting with other humans so so yeah yeah (laughs) so one other thing that I thought was really interesting about play uh ties back into that poll I did on Twitter recently where I asked people to share what age they were when they first experienced uh something weird so I know you said houses was something that you were a little unfamiliar with. It's basically um, just 12 different areas of life, starting from like you, your body personally to your stuff, your immediate environment, and just kind of like zooms out a little bit from there until oh, okay. the circle completes. Great. So what I found with all of these responses is that the number one age, I mean, like 
what was it like 90 responses or something it's not a massive set of data at all but it's not nothing either Uh, it's not like only five people responded 90 is a good number so the most common age ended up to be age four when people first started experiencing weird stuff and that is interesting to me because age four is a fifth house, what's called perfection year. So basically it's like a perfection, annual perfections, perfection years. Like when you're born age zero, it activates that first house of, you know, self and embodiment and you were born. So body is a big thing. Age two, the, or age one, your second house is activated. And that's more about like your stuff. And that's when we start saying mine, this is mine. Age two comes around, you start the third house year. And that house is all about like moving around short trips. And that's when we start walking. And then it just keeps circling around from there. Yes. So age four is a fifth house perfection year. And that the fifth house has all to do with creativity and play and pleasure. Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. And performance and stuff like that. So I was wondering, okay, well, that seems to be a huge year for people. And it's a fifth house perfection year regarding play. Does this mean the phenomena really likes play? Or is it like really, you know, does it come through with kids at this age because kids like to play? Is it like both? Yes. I don't know. But there's something there to explore. Oh my God, absolutely. Yes. There's another age that was uh, common was 16 and 12 years after that. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> that same house again. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. And there was, there absolutely was not an even distribution of ages around like all of these different houses, like the, like the 12th house, for example, those years, age 11 and 23 and so on, not a single person had, had something there. Now that the complete lack of data in a thing like that is also very telling to me. Like there's, that's not just an an even chance distribution at all, (laughs) especially not with 90 different people. Exactly. That was interesting. Uh, Yes. That's incredible. Yes. And, and, and I love that too, of like, you know, data isn't about what's there. It's about what's not there. And looking yeah. at that, like that's yeah. really wild. That can tell us a whole other story too. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Yes. Yeah. It's like with Tarot, you want to sh- see what is showing up, but also what is not there. Like, oh, you're getting a lot of cups. Well, where's all the swords and the fire and, and whatnot? You know, it's, that's the same sort of thing. Exactly. I love it when I'm doing a reading for somebody and they're asking about a relationship and everything that comes up is wands. And I'm like, friend, you got to stop <laughs> focusing on whatever this is. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe like focus on your career. Yeah. (laughs) The universe is tearing and telling you to look at something else. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh my gosh. My brain is like on fire. I'm so excited about this. And this is also why it's so good to have like tarot readers and, you know, paranormal investigators and people from all different fields because things blur more than we thought. And that's why I was so interested in Hellier when I first saw it, because they're so open to just like bringing in everyone from all bunch of different fields to see what happens. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That was the one thing that like drove me nuts about academia was, you know, you have the sociologists and their department and the historians and their department, everybody's just in their own department. It's like, friends, you all have information that you should be collaborating on like, to get up 
a whole, again, more data, a holistic picture of what's going on. Like you're only served by getting outside voices and outside perspectives and people with different, again, different experiences with the weird, with the paranormal, with, with mm -hmm. the phenomenon, whatever you want to call it, like that will only help you and mm -hmm. give you a broader understanding of things. Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit about Wednesday night UFO watch yes. also called WUFO. <laughs> so basically according to John Keel in the Mothman prophecies, the best time to see a UFO is Wednesday night at 10 PM. So he had like a, a bunch of data that he found from like the fifties and sixties and compared it with some other people too. Um, and that just seems to be a thing. So I, I had tweeted about it one day and I was like, oh, hey, well, I'm gonna go out and look at the sky. You wanna go out and look at the sky? And then Liminal Earth found it and was like, hey, I know, let's just make this like a big party. Yes. So now every Wednesday, we we just like all go out on our, at, at 10 PM, our local time and just like look up, see mm -hmm. if there's any UFOs. But there's also side quests, like every week I'll give people some stargazing thing to go find like uh this week we looked for Sirius the fixed star that's mm -hmm. right near Orion yes um so that's fun to do so like it's very open and a hundred percent free anyone can do it you just like go look at the sky for a little bit on a Wednesday and s tell us about it if you're not into UFOs you can just go you know like look at the moon or do the side mm -hmm. quest or whatever but if you want to like try Estes method sessions to try to contract ultimate contact ultra terrestrials you can do that too <laughs> we can make ufo water just like setting out water at night to like let it charge <laughs> under the ufo vibes <laughs> like it's it's uh it's a very like easygoing open thing this is not like a super scientific no one's out to try to like prove that this is definitive when definitively when most people are gonna like see ufos or anything it's just kind of like I don't know, Liminal Earth took it and ran with it and it's been growing every week. There's a website now for it. We've got punch cards. <laughs> it's Maybe. it's so much fun. And um, they also have on the website, it's wufo.watch, w-u-f-o.watch. There's also links to um, different like sky cameras. So if it's cloudy, you can, you know, just go look at what NASA's looking at and things like that. There's a whole bunch of different resources for guided meditations and everything. So that's something that I'm really excited about lately because it's getting more people to just, you know, like take a break in the middle of the week to just go look at the sky for a little while and hang out with people. And you, you don't have to like go physically see people, you know, in these pandemic times, um, like it could be entirely online. And it's just a fun, nice thing that I'm excited about. And I'm Absolutely. so happy that it's happened. <laughs> I, of course, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, again, we've been, I feel like we've talked most of this hour about fun, right? Like, like playing Yeah, we fun. sure have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, again, I, I, I love talking about play. And like, that's what I love about WUFO, that it's play. Like every yeah. people are having different ideas and like, just that that childlike sense of wonder about it like oh, i can't be beat right like that is so powerful so mm -hmm. yeah cool <laughs> yeah that's that's the the main thing going on right now i'm Amazing. really excited to see how it grows and evolves because every week it just seems to be so different with new things absolutely. every time i blink <laughs> absolutely i feel like i'm always seeing new cool things that people are doing and like hashtagging woo phones like oh yeah UFO water. Oh yeah. Like all this other stuff. So yeah. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs>
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. Um, again, a reminder, if you are listening or watching on a Wednesday night, uh, follow the hashtag WUFO on Twitter. Go to WUFO.watch if you want um, cool things to do on a Wednesday night. Um, sometimes it's cloudy and you can't look up at the skies in your hometown, but there are different feeds so you can look up at the skies somewhere. Um, also follow the folks at Liminal Earth because uh, they're fun and I like them. Um, I am going to put all of Maidlin's contact information in the description. Um, I also highly recommend getting a chart read by them. Uh, th their interpretation for my astrological chart really did uh, changed my life and shaped the direction of uh, of what I decided to do career-wise and pursuing personal pans. So I'm eternally grateful for them. Um, anyway, folks, I hope this conversation has inspired you, and I hope that you have a playful and curious day.